hello, Carmen. Hi, John. Nice to see you. Thank you. Are you well? I am. Excellent. I am. Good. Are you enjoying life at the moment? Not so much. Not so I've much. I've had a better time. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We'll perhaps come to that in a while, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Carmen, tell us a bit about the Carmen we don't know, the Carmen, the childhood and where you grew up and Gosh. bits like that, really. Okay. So I was <coughs> born in Cambridge, mm-hmm. raised for a while in Suffolk, and I would put Suffolk down as some of the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved to London for my dad's work. Mm-hmm. And it was horrendous. I hated mm. the move. Um, I hated the move and I never settled in London. I live here and I've lived here and I've got a house here, but I've never settled. I've always yeah. wanted to move on. Um, and I thought I wanted to go back to Suffolk. I thought that was where I needed to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and my aunt was still there. She was living in Bury St Edmunds. And I was like, okay, I've got to get back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she passed away. Mm. And I was like, okay, so where do I go now? Like, I didn't know mm. where to go. And I was looking in Scotland because I have family on my mum's side in Scotland. And, um, yeah, and then some deep soul searching. And it turns mm. out actually it wasn't the area I was looking to go for. It was a family I needed to be with. Um, and obviously my family moved to Wales mm-hmm. some years ago. So that's where I'm trying to claw my way to now. Yeah. And I feel path. like I would be very settled there mm. with mm. the family. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, you've got two wonderful girls. I do. Yeah, I do. two wonderful girls. And um, it, it's International Women's Day, or has been this week, yeah. and obviously Mothering Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think you're trying to instill in your girls? or Are you trying to instill anything, or do you just want them to be their own people? I think all of those things. I think... I want them to be their own people and develop their own selves. I want them to have a, you know, a foundation, a strong foundation. You know, and, you know, we're probably going to jump around a bit, but uh, you know, when I was younger, I was raised in Sunday school, and we were raised in kind of mm-hmm. the church, and then we moved to London, and it all kind of stopped. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I kind of went through my teenage years going I want to find my own religion and you know it's going to be I'm going to take a bit Mm. from here and a bit from here and a bit from here because it all felt right to Mm. me um and then I fell pregnant with Akira and I was like oh I need to be in the church um with you know a few years before that I was doing I was doing an alpha course I was going to church five days a week and I was doing this alpha course and we were having but I loved it and I absolutely loved it and we were in prayer this one day and a member of our group wanted to pray for forgiveness for her granddaughter being pregnant outside of wedlock. Right. And that evoked a real reaction in me. Mm. I was like, no, 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 that's not okay. This is not, this is not sinful to me. Mm. Um, and I really stepped away and I took a years self-reflecting and then I fell pregnant with the cure, as I said, and then I was like, oh no, I need to be back in the church. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I raise my children with a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And as they grow, if they want to explore, you know, Akira stepped away a bit now and she's exploring her own self, mm. but the foundation is still there. It's the planting the it's seeds. The planting the it? seeds. It's the planting the seeds yeah. and letting it grow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I have faith 
that, you know, at some point when she's ready, it's never left her. But at some point when she's ready, she will embrace it in the same way that yeah. I, you know, have mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. And Anasio, on the other hand, you know, she's all for her religion and she's all for her God and she's all for her church. She's, she very much, you know, it's very vocal, very vocal yeah. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's, if, if it's not the church way, it's no way, you know, she doesn't mm-hmm. see, you know, anything yeah. else. Um, at the moment, which is fine. And I'm, I'm, that's great if she continues like that. And if she mm-hmm. doesn't as well, that's okay. Um, but also to be, you know, to be strong women, to know themselves, to know their values, mm. to have good morals. And just recently, I've been having conversations a lot with them around integrity. Mm. Whatever happens, just have your integrity and then everything else will be okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so these yeah. are the kind of things that I'm trying to instill in the girls, as well as let them be their own kind of women in their own mm. rights, you know. Mm. Do, do you think... Do you think there's a crisis at all with identity with women at the moment, or do you think they're ever stronger? Yeah, that's a good question, John. I'm not sure it is, but I was going to give me a second to think. Um, I, jeez, oh, you know that's interesting because there's a part of me that says, you know what, women still don't have a voice, and they're still not, um, you know, women aren't where they should be by way of equality, but at the same time, I'm going, oh no, I look at everything that's happened and I look at where we are and mm-hmm. we've come on leaps and we, you know, we have huge voices and we have, you know, mm-hmm. we can have as much, but I just think there's kind of maybe that un- unconscious bias. I think there's all that still kind of, mm-hmm. the stuff that's been instilled, all the kind of mm-hmm. stereotypes and the subliminal messages and all of these things, you know, it's going to sound silly, but you know, I think about the Disney films and I think about the princesses that need rescuing you know, they always yeah. need rescuing. They're always in peril. Mm. They can't help themselves. And as Disney's gone on over the years, you know, the women are becoming stronger and stronger mm. and they're becoming, you know, they're warriors and, and things like that. And that's inspiring. It's like, okay, so you can see the transition, mm. but living a life, you know, being a woman is interesting. It's interesting. I think certain circumstances dictate that, yes, women are, you know, equal and we have rights and we have a voice and, we are ever stronger. And we, I think we are ever stronger, but I still think there's a long way to go. And I think that's the same with when we think about, you know, the kind of, when we just recently had the Black Lives Matter, I think it's the same thing. Mm. There's been such huge strides taken. And I'm like, okay, so if I want to find out about the Black Lives Matter now, I've got to really dig deep and Google something or, mm. you know, kind of really find specific things on social media and where was like just in the summer? It was huge, it was. you know. Yeah. It was huge, and it's like, where is it now? So yeah. the voice was there for a moment, mm. and then it gets sidetracked. Mm. And, you know, for me, I maybe struggle a bit with that. Mm. I wonder if if some of this comes to a question about identity, mm. about who we are mm-hmm. as, as people, and how confident we are. I mean, you talked about integrity, um, and I mean. What about identity? Is is that important for you, the who you are and where you are? It's hugely important and it's something I've struggled with for years and it's something I still struggle with. Mm. Um, who am I? I know who I am I in my soul and I know who I am in my personality. I struggle with my ethnic identity. I struggle with you know, things around that. And then I think about my children and I'm like, so, you know, even them mm. as well now, you mm. know, what's the identity? 
where do they fit if they have to fit in something? Um, you know, being labelled. You know, I hate it. You know, I go for my regular COVID tests and things like that. And it asks me all the time, you know, what's your... And I realise every week when I do my tests, I do a different black other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because oh, like, oh. confuse the I statistics. Forget, I forget, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not to deliberately do it, but I'm like, what did I put last week? I can't remember what. What's my dent mm. my ass this week? Mm. Mm. You know, yeah. um, and it was you know growing up was tough. Coming from Suffolk was, you know, I was kind of oblivious to colour and identity. Mm. You know, I was, the, the difference. I was oblivious yeah. to it. Moving to London, it was made very clear to me that I was different. Um, and not only was I different, my hair was different. You know, the way I spoke, because I come from Suffolk, so I had a little bit of an accent, that was different. You've lost your Suffolk accent. It's completely gone, I know, I yeah. know. Um, and so, you know, those kind of things, it, was, it became harrowing, mm. you know, to find an identity. So I just wanted to fit in. It didn't matter mm. who that was with. And I remember being in school, and I remember, you know, I kind of, you know, went to this group of, you know, white British children and they were like you can't hang around with us you you know you're not white you're not the same as us mm. but yet my mum is the same colour as you you know mm. and it's like okay and then I kind of went to the black kids and they were like no no you know you're too light for us and I was mm. like oh my goodness so then I kind of tried away and I was like what do I do and so actually a lot of my upbringing was around Asians mm. because we were the same colour yeah. and they were just like it's okay you can just chill with us so that's kind of where I saw myself. So actually I have a huge Asian influence in my life. Mm. Um, and obviously with Akira, you know, she has also has always been really huge in mm. my life mm -hmm. because that's where I was more accepted. Yeah. As, a, as I grew, I, I grew to kind of go, I am who I am and it is what it is. Mm. But then as I grew some more and I evolved and, you know, some more in my own self, it was like, no, no, I could never identify as a white woman. I, despite the fact that my mother is white i could never identify i have to only identify as brown or black and mm. that's it um so there was huge struggles and so with yes yeah, so my identity so within my soul within myself i know who i am and i know and mm. i'm comfortable and i really really love carmen and i i like her a lot mm. but in terms of that's good because we know, do too oh thank you i appreciate we that <laughs> yeah tell me a bit about i mean you found your identity obviously you came here you're a member of the church mm. and, and a steward in the church and mm. very involved in, in many things here in the church. Um, how did you come to find that sort of identity here, that, that faith here? You know, I've always been somebody who just accepts. I just accept people. And, mm -hmm. you know, you are who you are and I'm not going to try to change you because that's who I like. And so with the churches, I went around so many churches and uh, I had a Kira and Anasi was tiny and I'm going, okay, is this the church? Is this the church? Is this the church? Couldn't find it. It was just like, oh, that was nice, but that was nice, but. And then we came here and there was a christening happening here, our first time here. And so the church was heaving. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to sit upstairs. We sat upstairs on that side. And so I had Natty in our car seat and, you know, Kira was with me and we were just like looking over and watching it all. And I'm like, this feels good. Mm -hmm. The energy, mm -hmm. the energy and the, you know, the space was lovely, you know, like the crossing the glass in the window. And I was like, okay, this feels quite nice. And I said to Kira, what do you think? And she was like, this is the one. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, okay. So she's saying that. Mm -hmm. And I felt really good about it too. Mm -hmm. And I came downstairs and I was met with Margaret actually, um, who was so welcoming. And, you know, she was... And then, you know, I don't know why she said that 
the, what she did, but obviously she knew that I was there as a single parent. And she said, you know, our minister is a single mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking over at the minister and going, oh, well, she's black and she's a single mother and mm-hmm. she's working here. And it just mm-hmm. felt right. And then every interaction I had with every person that day mm-hmm. was so warm. Mm-hmm. And Good. I was like, I see myself here. Good. And then the rest is history. And that feels like a lifetime ago. It was a while ago, you know, now, it wasn't was, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're very much part of us, and yeah, and, and very much part of that. Yeah, and 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 in all that, that sort of finding, I guess, a lot of your faith finding happened in your earlier days with your Alpha course and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Um, would you? Would you? What do you see the kind of the future now for this church? I'm not sure. Within. The church as a whole? It's up to you. I don't know, John. Mm-hmm. Are we thinking about the future of this church following the pandemic? You know, I, I think that would be yeah. a good place to start. I don't know. Yeah. Because things are so unsettled mm-hmm. and they're so uncertain. And for, obviously for years we had a particular way of being mm-hmm. within the church. Mm-hmm. We, there was routine and there was structure and we knew mm-hmm. the chairs were going to be set out this way and... And it was interesting because sometimes when we changed how the chairs were set up, there was, you know, people were like, oh, gosh, that's a, you know, <laughs> like the chairs over here. So it was kind of... A cardinal evoc- sin. <laughs> a cardinal sin. It's like evoking these emotions. And, um, yeah, so I don't know, because again now we've had to kind of revisit how we worship and what this looks like. Mm. And I think people are comfortable being at home. Mm. Um, they feel safer perhaps at the moment at home. Mm. This is, you know, looking at a new kind of normal for me, I can't wait to, you know, I miss like our Afro-Caribbean evenings and I miss, you know, our kind of mm. internet. I, I miss all of those, our shared lunches and mm. things like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh gosh, when is that going to happen again? When mm. is that human connection going to happen again? But if it does, it's again going to be so very different. It's going mm. to perhaps feel strange. I don't know, John, to answer your question, actually. Maybe maybe you did actually say something. You talked about human connection. Mm. And I think we've learnt a lot about different types of human connection. Um, sometimes being in a little rectangular box is the way we can connect. And it might not be the perfect way, but it's been the lifesaver over yeah. the last year or so. But I think, I wonder I wonder if that sense about relationships and building relationships is, is the way we look. And that's the important thing. And maybe some of the things that we've done in the past and insisted on doing because we've always done mm-hmm. it. Um, maybe those are the things we need to question and to ask ourselves, is how do we build our relationship with each other and with Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know what? I, I, I sit here and I'm thinking, well, actually, you know, you're right, because even just looking at somebody on a screen during this time has been mm. life-saving almost. Mm. When I was doing my training as a therapist, we had to watch this video, really harrowing, not appropriate probably for a Sunday morning, but I'm going to say it anyway, really harrowing video. And it was about this kind of baby monkey and it was removed from its mother Mm. and it was just given like a fairy board Mm. and it was fed, it was fed food Mm. and it was given water. But the human connection that it lacked, the monkey ended up not surviving. Mm. And that really struck me because I thought it doesn't matter how much sustenance you have, food, water, if you haven't got love, and you mm. haven't got that human connection, then you don't have anything. And I think I hear, I think one of the things I've seen during this pandemic is humanity is how people have reached out 
and helped each other. Mm. We recognise, um, you know, this kind of the need for human connection, mm. the need for humanity. And it's been really profound mm. to me. Um, but even, but that, you're right, you know, for myself, not seeing my family for far too long, and I know others are in the same position, mm. it's really been difficult. Mm. The last end of the summer, I actually didn't think I was going to make it through. I was like, I don't know if I can cope without seeing my parents anymore. Like, it, mm. it and I'd only not seen them since the February, because obviously mm. we went into lockdown in the March, didn't we? So the February was the last time I saw them. Mm. And then not seeing them through to the end of September. It's tough. It was so tough. Yeah, it's tough. And I realised towards the end of it, and I, and mm. I had my children, so I was lucky. Mm. I had, you know, I had people to give hugs to if I wanted to give hugs to or to talk to, if I wanted to, just to have that kind of mm. connection. But the, I, was, I was almost grieving for yeah. the loss of my yeah. parents and not being yeah. with them. You know, yeah. that was really it's tough, tough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, time's coming soon. Time's coming yeah. soon. Hold on there. Yeah. Hold on there. You mentioned about your work as a therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously trained to be a teacher, I believe, as yeah, well, did. didn't you? But you, you don't yeah. teach, but you do therapy, counselling work as well. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that and, and your calling, if you like, of to course. be a therapist. I do teach still, actually. I do yeah. adult education now. I got that wrong. Um, no, it's okay. I was doing secondary before, but mm. I stepped away. Mm. I stepped away for various reasons, which we won't go. Maybe yeah. that's another show. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. yeah, so I do do that, but that's just, mm. that's part time. Mm. Um, but yeah, to be a counsellor, what had happened was, this was in 2012. So I'd had the children's christening on the 1st of April here, which was lovely. And then I hit a really tough spot. And I needed help and I mm. needed support and I didn't feel like there was a way out for me. And that was, gosh, that lasted for about three months or so. And then I was like, what can I do? Like I came through, I had some therapy and I came through, it was, you know, it was kind of just, you know, it was a triggered um, depression, if you like, mm. um, reactive depression. And so, I'd gotten some help and it felt great. And I was like, okay, that's what I needed was just to be able to sit and talk to somebody and go, I feel a bit crap Mm. or I can't make sense of things. Like Mm. I don't quite know. And I wanted to be able to give that back. So initially I was looking at doing kind of staying within the education field and doing something like student services or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And I was like, oh no, this doesn't feel like it's enough. So then I was like, oh, maybe counseling, let me just see what that's about. So I did a level two, Mm -hmm. um, counselling course and I was like oh I quite like this it felt good um and then I did the level three and then it was making the decisions to whether or not I was going to go and do the level five um and I was like yeah I can see myself doing this Mm -hmm. so when I was on the level five we had to go into placements and things like that so I was going into school so I was still working with children Mm -hmm. and and things like that it was a little bit scary when I started to work with adults because I thought I don't do adults everything Mm -hmm. I've ever done has been with Mm -hmm. children um, but I was like, okay, no, I can do adults. And, um, there is a receptive, you know, there's, there's a conversation yeah. here. This is not just, let's do some sand work. Yeah. Let's do some water work or draw. Um, this was something else. Mm. And I was like, okay, this again feels really good. And obviously without going into too much detail, you know, one of my very earlier clients that I had when I was in placement just kind of struck me in my soul in terms of how they had felt 
supported. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is all this is. Mm. I mean, it's more than, you know, of course I sit and we talk and whatever. It is much more than that. But Mm. in that moment, that's all it is. Yeah. You know, it's just Mm. being able to sit and to speak to somebody and give them Mm. time and to hear them. Mm. And I just thought that I could do this forever. I could do this forever. And then I came out of my training, stayed in a placement because I wanted to continue my, um, keep my skills up. And then I was like, let me just do this myself. Let me get into private practice. And it was an Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It was an, it was March the 1st, in 2017. And um, I launched, I'd had my website done for ages, but I had never published it. I was like, I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not brave enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And the girls gave me a countdown and I thought what was going to happen was it could be like a big fanfare and like explosions and I clicked publish and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, what's happening? Is this it? And mm-hmm. that was it. But it was live. And then very quickly I began to get interest and it's just grown and grown mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. But there's something really special about sharing with another person and supporting them. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe what it was for me, the springboard there was because I didn't, often feel supported Mm. in various aspects Mm. and I didn't know where to turn and I didn't have and I also you know you know it's not kind of breaking anyone for myself I didn't share Mm. because it's like oh my god if I share then I look weak and Mm. if I share then it looks like I'm not managing then I'm a statistic because then I'm a single parent who's not managing you know with it and there was all of this this stuff that came with it Mm. and I thought no 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 this is about kind of uplifting and empowerment and kind of freeing mm. yourself from those chains if you like mm. um and i love what i do and mm. you know working with the kids is great especially with the job that i do at the mm. moment i love my job it's it's tough it's really yeah. tough and so i'm like i can't wait when i'm old enough then i can't be running around those kids anymore you know i can just sit in my chair and listen, <laughs> and listen. yeah you know do you think listening is really really important for everybody not just in a counseling setting but perhaps in a church setting or just is is that a key thing? Do you think for for us all as as Christians? It's huge for Christians and as people as mm. human beings. I think to listen. You know, I used to kind of go around and I see people. Hi, how are you? And I'd walk on. Hi, mm. how are you? And I'd walk on. And then I thought, why am I asking how they are? Mm. If I'm not going to stop and listen, how mm. are you? And take mm. the time to listen to you, then why am I asking? Why don't I just say hello? Mm. So I began to say, Hi, how are you? And then stop and listen. Yeah. And it just it just makes the biggest difference. And sometimes that's all people need is just to be heard. Yeah. I think it's huge. Yeah. Just to listen and mm. to feel heard. Great. Good. Good. Now on this desert island, not that I want to pinch another radio show or anything. I love this island. Go on. On, on, on this, this desert island, you can only take one hymn with you. One hymn. What hymn will you take with you to oh, the desert island? John, if you'd asked me. Heaven. <laughs> the heavenly desert island. If you ask me, like, give me a rock song, I'd be like, right, okay, keep yeah, the faith okay, on Jovi or something like that. Yeah, let's, let's start with a rock song then. You could take <laughs> one the rock song bon and one, keep the faith, Bon Jovi. Um, yeah, you can have that. It's only the title, really. It's yeah, more in the song, but um, you know, maybe as I said before about you know, I really like to feel uplifted and 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 things like that. So we are marching. Would be the one that see I would have Yeah. Yeah. Great. And Good. I could just see myself marching around this desert island, sand in my feet, warm it. That's what I need right now in my life, I think. In yeah. the light of God, marching in the Absolutely. light of God. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good. Mm-hmm. One final question, Carmen. Okay. 
What would you say the resurrection means to you? Okay, so Easter, this period, is one of the most special times to me and my faith. I moved my entire, it's, it's hope and it's love and it's freedom and it's all of those things that fill my heart and my soul with joy. To know, it, you know, it's that kind of pain and pleasure, isn't it? It's kind mm, of like the pain yeah. leading up to it and the grief and the, you know, the peril, all of those things. And then all of a sudden it's the clouds part and it's bright. And mm. that's what it is. And for me, it's about kind of holding on to that and knowing mm. that through everything, good is going to come and there is hope. And, and this is something I say to my clients, this won't last forever. Mm. It's what I say to my children, this won't last forever. I say mm. about the pandemic, this will not last forever. Mm. There will be light and there is hope. And that's what the resurrection means to me. Well, Carmen, thank you very much. You're for welcome. All your, for your, all your honesty, your openness and sharing of yourself. You're welcome. And, thank you for uh, having me. You're very welcome anytime. <laughs>